Blog Talk Radio. continuation of why authors need to have translation. Today will be our second version of that. Today our guest, who will be in shortly, will be coming in with the answers to why, how, and for what reasons are fictions written. She's going to spill the beans why authors have to get the why the why, the how, and the what reasons to make their their fiction beneficial. Not only beneficial, but a super writer, a super artist. So we'll see what happens, what comes up with her. We're waiting for her to get here. We hope she's getting through all right. I know we have technical issues every once in a while. Um, I know she's coming, but I don't know what's going on. So let's hang in there and Let's wait till some music come in and see what happens. All right, we'll be right back after this. Oh, by the way, before I forget, our phone number. Yes, nevertheless, we invite you to call in our number anytime you have a question or comment. Please, please feel free to call in. Our number is area code 515-605-9812. Again, that number is 515-605-9812. Give us a call when you get a chance and save that number because when we're on the air, that's the only way you can reach us. Thank you much. Here comes some music. Thank you. 
Virginia, can you hear me? Hi, Etienne. I can hear you. You're welcome. You're welcome. I do apologize for that. I sent it in, but I see everything is working in a slow de- detail today, so we're glad you made it anyhow. Yes, hello, I was hello, trying to connect, you? but it was being impossible. I'm so sorry for the delay. No, that's okay. It happens. It happens. And now it's taking on a new tune of its own. Well, welcome, <laughs> yes. welcome, welcome. Buenvenuti. How do you say it in Spanish now, please? Eh, bienvenidos. Yeah. Say again, please. Bienvenidos a nuestros oyentes. Bienvenidos. Okay. That's, uh, I'm trying to say thank you, folks. <laughs> I think I've learned Spanish there. Well, <laughs> we're glad to have you here. Now well, let me get to you. Thanks for having me again. It's a pleasure. I'm I'm sorry for the delay. We we'll now have uh, uh, we'll have to hurry a bit. <laughs> we have a lot no, of no, topics this... for today. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, let's get going. Let's get going. Glad you have you here. So let's go ahead. Tell the audience a little bit about you, please. Yes. Okay. Uh, as I told you in the previous program, I'm an English into Spanish translator based in Cordoba, Argentina. I hold a bachelor degree in translation. And I work mainly in the editorial field, which I enjoy very much because I, I myself love writing on my free time. And yeah. I also translate in areas as journalism, online marketing, and video games. Good. You're well covered. You're well covered. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. a little bit of, any, of everything. <laughs> yes, well, that's good. So let's go ahead and get started. Now, from your background, what do authors have in mind? when we venture to start a new story? Well, in the previous program, we talked about the benefits that book translators can, uh, translation, sorry, can have for authors and how can translators yes. help them to provide a good product. Yes, remember? Yes, I remember. Well, and okay. we refer to the importance of choosing the right vocabulary and phrasing the content in a way that would sound natural for readers of the translated version. I see. Okay. So, but before that, there was a previous step. What would that step be? Well, that step is the key if we want to obtain an accurate translation. Uh Before finding equivalence, before attempting to translate anything, we need to understand the author's mind. That's very important. Very important, yes. If he has one mind and you have another mind, that's not a translation, is it? That's Yes, of course. We have to be in with with, with the author and with he yes. or, or she thinks and, and try yes. to reproduce as faithful as possible. Okay. So what were the, their thoughts when they wrote that? Well, uh, according to Ernesto Sabato, an Argentinian author who lived in the 20th century, a novel is yes. not written using one's head, but the whole body. The writing wow, process is not, it's interesting, you see. The writing process is not always rational. Sometimes authors are driven by emotion. They, they okay. start off writing with a certain idea in mind, and they end up writing something else. I don't know, you are an author. <laughs> Correct me if, if that's mm-hmm. wrong. That yes, happens. no, no, no. Yeah, we, we get off on one, one path, and then we get sidetracked side to another path. And you, as a yeah. translator, have to keep them on the right path so that you don't get on a different path. Okay. Of course. I think we're getting, very there. Important. we're getting there. 
Yes, yes. Um, it, is, it is common to hear authors saying that once... Yes? Well, go ahead. Wait a minute. Let me just take a minute to... No, I was saying that clean. it is common that... Of course. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, listeners, we in, invite you to call in any time. Any time we're on the air, call in. Here's our number, 515-605-9812. I'll say it again a little slower, 515-605-9812. We have him with our translator, Guess. She's more than a guest. She's our artist all the way. Virginia <laughs> Castro. Miss Castro, go right ahead. That's now. right. Go ahead. That's right. It's Castro. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, we were saying that uh, authors sometimes start off with a certain idea and they take a different path, like, like you were saying. And yeah. it is common to hear authors saying that once they, they have created characters, they suddenly come to life, you know? Yes. They, they often claim that originally they intended to tell a different story, but then the characters they had imagined started to act at will, like taking their, their own decisions, you know? Mm -hmm. Wow. I'm sitting here in, 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 in my own Mine don't answer different intentions. Right. Yeah, be careful with the characters you create. They might start acting yeah. as their own. <laughs> I tell you, I tell you a little joke that happened to me. You were so right about that. One time I was talking to one of my authors who I was interviewing, and she said, "I asked her, how do you keep authors in mind?" She said, "Well, my authors talk to each other." I say, when do they talk to you? She says, anytime. So I said to her, do your characters talk to each other when you're in the grocery or when you're in the bank? She says, yes, I do. And people think I'm funny. <laughs> I think yes. I'm crazy. And I no, say, well, what do you do about happens. it? She says, she just tells everybody she's listening to her music. <laughs> <laughs> she just <laughs> nodded <laughs> and say, <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> Two characters are more talk to themselves. All right, we have a fun today. <laughs> yes. Uh, is there another aspect to keep the, the authors in mind? Yes. So, uh, as I was saying, they, this is, of course, an illusion. You know, this illusion takes place when the character is well-defined and compelling. Yes. So, its traits are, are so perfectly depicted that we find ourselves thinking, no, he wouldn't do that. This is not typical of this character. Okay. They they end up having their own personality. And, and we, yes. we or authors, I say we, sorry, because I, I sometimes write. <laughs> but it, it's <laughs> like you you end up thinking uh, as, own, as different entities, as real entities, you know? You start thinking as yes. person. So... And okay. uh, this is an important aspect to consider during the translation process, because characters must stay as complex as they are in the original version. Yes. So all, all this complexity, all this well-definition of their personality and characteristics, the, this just 
should stay the same in the translation. In the same way, we can't add traits that were not there before. Okay. So, <clears throat> so what other aspect do you have in mind then? What's about well, the, the author's background and ideas? Well, of course, another aspect to keep in mind is um, the author's background and ideas. Responsibility to, to catch their voice in order to reproduce their way of expressing themselves. Oh, I see. So then you know, what would be yes, your objective? Yes, because, you know, each each person has a has an, an own way of, of expressing, of speaking, and the same happens when you write. You know, you, you have your own way of writing. And this yes. is what we have to, to detect, try to catch in order to transfer it like as it was the, 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 the author himself who is uh, writing in the other language. Okay. Let me ask you this. Do you run into difficulties with English authors, correction, correction, with Spanish-speaking authors who want to have something translated in English? Does that become complicated? Uh, well, yes, because we have different, uh, sometimes, I mean Spanish in general, yeah. we are yes. very complicated to, to talk. I mean, speaking people are like more straightforward, you know, yeah. that's, that's what, what we see. They, they just start telling a story and go straight to the point. And as Latin American people, we Spanish people, uh, speaking people, we like take all this round to in order to mm-hmm. to talk or to tell a story we we go to different paths and then we we come again and uh, well this is so so typical of us and we have to reproduce that we cannot change the way of of speaking of the author yes let me back up a little bit please i think i'm beginning to understand what you're talking about in spanish in other foreign languages there's a masculine word in a feminine word. You have a word yes. for a young girl, you have a word for a bigger well, girl. Well, of course. As regards the grammatical that, aspect, yes. yes. There are many complications, yes. of course. Yes. Okay. Well, like I, like I think I said one time, I used the word chica, and that's not a good word. <laughs> it depends on who you say it to, right? <laughs> okay. Yes. Of course, and and also when, when we are translating from English into Spanish, you know, you have yes. the, the adjective, uh, uh, that doesn't have a gender, and we have to know if we translate in Spanish uh, as a female or, or as man, because we have two different words, as you say. And sometimes there's a third one when the when the character is is a neutral, like a, like an animal. We have to of call course. animal it, or sometimes we call animal a he or she. So yes, yes. you're saying it exactly correct. Yeah. Yes, of course. We, uh, as um, as foreign speakers of of English, we always learn that animals go go well, by it, by it. And I learned that all my life. But uh, I now understand that when you have a like a special feeling because it's your pet, for example, mm-hmm. you call it he yes. or you call it she, right? Am I right? Yeah. Well, name. They call it that. Oh, name. Of course. Yes. <laughs> yes sure. Okay, I see it is so important to understand the professional, to choose a professional to carry out this task. As you mentioned yeah. in your previous program, it is not enough to know, to 
two languages to translate works, especially in literal literature. Pardon me. What else would uh, would it take? Well, it takes a lot of analysis and investigation to obtain uh-huh. an equivalent text which reads smoothly, you know, as if there hadn't been intermediaries, as I was saying before, between the author and the reader. Uh-huh. In in general, creative creative writing is a form of, of expression, and as such, it cannot be translated as a mere equivalence of words, like if you are creating a dictionary and translate like house as and, and that's all, because there has to be emotions in it. This is literature. You're right. You're right. So what would be your primary task? Well, as literary translators, our primary task should be to read and understand the text so deeply that we are able to discover what is beyond its surface structure. You know, what what's beyond what you cannot read like you understand after reading it several times mm-hmm. only when we gain a profound understanding of it do we move on to the second stage of translation and let me stop for a minute that could put something else not only does the Spanish and other foreign languages have characters in the alphabet they are the characters have to be used in the proper way I just learned the other day, well, I've, saw, I've seen it, but I never really paid attention to it because we don't do this in English. But if there's a question mark at the end of the end, at the end of the question, there's also an upside-down question mark at the beginning. Is that correct? Am yes. Well, correctly? well, actually, now there's a huge debate about that because, uh, because of the influence of, of the English language into our Spanish. Yes. More and more people are tending to drop this uh, first inverted question mark, and oh. and they just yes. And we are trans as translators are very, very. Um, I don't know. We we don't like that, and yeah. fundamentalists of language don't like that too, because yeah. uh, you you know you learn that school and language. Yeah. Uh, our language is like that. You have two question marks. And the same happens yes. with the exclamation marks. And yes. people don't use them anymore. You're right. And there's another part of the English language that can become very complicated at times. I don't know how I translated my new my my handlet, but <clears throat> there's a lot of young well, I was gonna say young teenagers, but teenagers and young adults who yeah. use urban language. And they use a lot of double negatives. I ain't done uh, that yet. Yes, so yes, I've heard that a lot is, in in series yes, and, what is and the movies. Way to do? Well, you have to um, to analyze each case. You know, you have to analyze the content because if that yes. trait of of the person who is speaking, you know, you are referring a, a, as a teenager, and teenagers in Spanish also make a lot of mistakes. So it's important yes. to to identify that. I know it's not correct. It's not grammatically correct to use the double negative, but we we would have to to look for um for an equivalent mistake in Spanish. You know, for oh, for a mistake that teenagers or or that or a character like the one you are referring to tends to make, yes. and 
and try to reproduce that. Okay. So you always have to get the permission, though, of the author before... Yes, of course. Can... Yes, okay, of so course. I, I like to, to talk very much with... Of, if you have a doubt or say, well, this is the case, what do you think? What would be the best or what would you prefer yes. if I choose this or this? And, and it's, yes. it's a good idea. Okay. So we went through the primary test. What else do you have uh, about the second stage of a translation? Well, after the, this primary task that I was referring to, the second stage is the reproduction, the reproduction of the text in the target language. A special case is the translation of poetry. You know, much has been said about this endeavor that is translation of poetry, because there's an endless debate about whether it is possible or not. And there are multiple points of views. You know, people sometimes mm -hmm. say that it's definitely not possible to translate poetry. Oh, I see. Let me go back a what? little bit. There's something I want to ask you. There's, yes. Um, before we talk about poetry, something I wanted to ask you. Uh, my mind's gone blank for a minute. Give me one second. <laughs> yes. Yes. Then I'm going to ask, what is your point, of, your point of view about this this topic of poetry translation? Do you agree or not? Well, you have to go with, with the author, whatever the author wants to use. Yeah. But what, I, was, I have a question that my mind is, it's gone from my mind. I hope it comes back. <laughs> it has to do with, um, oh, I know what it is, urban language. A lot of, not only the dead, not, not only the negative yeah. words, but also the expressions that are used in a different, di di not dialect, but in a different uh, definition. Definition. So, how do you handle that? For example, if you go to any social media site where there's very active young people who speak yes. urban language, they will say, "You feel me? You feel me?" Now, I didn't know what that meant at first because I thought it was a doctor's or a nurse's question they were asking. It has nothing <laughs> yes. to do with it. It has to do with are you understanding what I'm saying to you? Yes, yes, it, yes, of course. It, it sometimes sounds like a different language with with yes, all this yes. jargon of teenagers, and yes. not only teenagers. Uh, for yes. example, like a group of doctors or a group of people who have uh, similar occupations, <laughs> they have this special language. And if you don't know it, it's like you, you can't understand anything. Yes. yes. Uh, for example, this is the word I want. The question I had in mind. You use the word text as a, in a target and target language, but now text has different meanings. Meaning, yes. Text is very common now that we have the telephone, and text is also used yes. when we're talking about commentary. And text yes. can also be like used I text you as a verb in the telephone. Yeah. Yeah. But the text will also be the instruction that is needed for a scientist or a, or a professional 
uh, person who's having to have precise information, for example, uh, scientific or mechanical information. Well, of course, yes. First of all, you have to you you have to identify uh, which which genre is that you have in front of you. As you say, it's it's this is medical or is the instruction of of um, of uh, I don't know a machine. You have to identify with yes. which uh, which is the text that are you are dealing with. Yes. Okay, well, let's go back to poetry translation. Poetry is acceptable, I guess, in every country, every language. So, therefore, poetry, to me, is very much important and a part of our language and our culture. So, therefore, poetry may not always follow the confines of the the the, the 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 English terms or the English language or the English the English what's the word I'm looking for the rules, English um, let's say convention rules yeah the rules yes yes mm. yes yeah, sure because mm. uh, it's a text where where emotion is is the most important thing you know. Uh, I think that that it's the most expressive form of writing. So yes. as such, you have to to and as translators, we have to to go by that. You know, sometimes you you can skip yes. some rule or ignore any convention in pos of of this expression of emotion. Okay. Okay. Well, we're covering quite a lot today. This is like being back in school again. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Yes. I know there's some visitors who would love to uh, know what you're doing, but they're shy. And I know they're out there. I spoke, not spoke, but I sent a text by phone to a friend of mine who is uh, Af- African-American. She speaks, she speaks English, but she's also, if I remember correctly, she also understands Spanish. So I don't know if she's listening in or not, but let's take a minute to see if we have any listeners ready to call in. Listeners, are you in there? Are there? Any questions, any comments? Please go right ahead and call us. Give us a call at area code 515-605-9812. Give us a call. In the meanwhile, uh, Virginia, what else do you have in mind? Well, as um, I was thinking about this, this uh, endeavor that that translation of poetry involves, you know. Yes. Um, I I tend to listen a lot. That it's not possible, and and I always become a little angry <laughs> because I think mm-hmm. that every everything is possible. You know, you you just have to find a way. Yes. You can't say this is untranslatable. There's there's um, an issue of the untranslatability of of poetry, but I mm-hmm. I think that as long as you understand what the author is trying to to express, you will be able to say in the other language. Why not? Okay, well, let's go back into the why, how, and the reasons for that. Let's just let's just summarize them. Why 
is there why in a fiction? Why, did, why does an author have to use a Y? W-H-Y. Yes. Sorry, I, I'm not understanding the question. So why, why, why do... Yes, W-H-Y. Why does an author need a Y in his, in his text? I mean, use your text. Oh, right. Right. Well, I think... I don't know. You are not for. Do you? I think we. There's always purpose when you start writing yes. something. No? Yes. For example, when you start writing a story, um, do you have a purpose in mind generally, or you you just start and, and it comes later? Good. So then the first thing would be then the why. Why are they then doing the, the story? Yeah, why are they doing yes. this? Why are they doing Good. this? Yes. First of okay. all, it's a form of expression, right? Exactly. Exactly, yes. And then the next step they would go into is how are they going to put their story together, whether it be in, in poetry form or whether it's going to be in uh, story form or whether it's going to be in, in, in a foreign language. They may sure. start off in English. And they know Japanese or whatever, and they don't want to say anything in English, so they will go to a, a, a third or fourth language. You ever come across those sometimes, time to time? Sorry? My question, there's a plane over my head right now. <laughs> my question yes. is this Have you ever come across an author who speaks in English, who wants you to translate in Spanish? But he has a word or a sentence in Japanese. Did you, uh, have you ever come across No, that? thank God I, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't speak Japanese. I can <laughs> deal with French and some Portuguese, but Japanese I couldn't. <laughs> okay. And another word too is if you look at the comic books or comic called stories, sometimes the author has the main character using some very proper, not improper by grammar, but improper by res- response or respect to the public, using yeah. vulgar language. So how do you cover yes. that up? How do you cover well, that up? The, in the it's Spanish? an issue with the, with the names, you know, because sometimes you don't know if you have to... Well, it's always a good idea to ask the author, of course, if you have to translate the names or not. And sometimes the the name itself is something something of offensive in the in the target language. So we have to be careful okay. with that. Yes. So. But internal names are not translated, and there are some some cases when when they are. So we have always we have to ask that. Well, well. Let me put it this way. If you really look at the news on the TV when there's an event going on and the person who they're going to paraphrase, the character, the guy who was running from the police was firing guns at the police. And the police themselves uses vulgar language. Yes. Now, on the TV, they will not use vulgar language. They will cover it over. 
Yeah, you David Cover. Covered it over? Do you cover it over or do you open whatever the author wants to use? Well, it all depends on the culture, you know, because some some cultures are more tolerant to offensive vocabulary than others. Oh, I see. You know, Latinos are yes. like we are not so well. <laughs> we we have not this a uh, good vocabulary. We are we tend to speak badly, using bad words and slang and all that. And I know no. that. No, Our societies, no, no, no. <laughs> that can be that can be real. Well, it is. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it is. We are so we are yes, we are a little vulgar to speak. And <laughs> other cultures, like for example English, they are so correct. Yes. You know, sometimes they would consider impolite. Oh really? Oh yes. okay. Yes, yes. For example. We we tend to to say hello using offensive words, <laughs> and that's a proof of friendship. Yeah, it's it's a okay. it's a weird culture, I know. Yeah. So hola, is that the only way you could say hello to somebody? Yes, hola is is the word we use to say hello. You know, but for example, as in English, you would say, "Hey, stupid," <laughs> and I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying, "Hey, friend," you know. Okay, so if you just say hey by itself, it's okay. But then if yes, you say stupid, yes. at the end it makes it bad. Of course, yes. It all depends on, on the culture, who who receives yes. that, and how they are going to take it. If it's, it would sound offensive, of course you have to, to adapt that. We don't, have, we don't want to yes. offend anyone. That's right. That's what I'm getting at, too. So, yes, so all you have to translate it, you translate at the point at the level that the author wants. Now, if you want to use vulgarity, you have to use it too, huh? Sure. If the author uh, wrote that uh, using all, all vulgarity and, and likes that, or is his of, or her style, well, we have to stick to that. Okay. How's was wondering Be- about Yes. Because it builds all um, It's his style. I see. I see. Now let me go on. I, I, I got to go to understand what you were saying today. So I want to move on to something else. I know you're an yes. author of a of an author's of a child's book, is it? Yes, yes. I'm I'm translating into English now. Oh, good, 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 good. So you don't <laughs> yes. have to worry. You don't have to worry about bad words, do you? No, no, because if I have to ask the author, I'm myself, so <laughs> I just ask myself. <laughs> but you have to be careful, though, because if you If are I approve the bad word, then I use the bad word. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a child's game. It's a child's book, so there are no bad words. It's a, yeah. it's a lovely okay, story, good. really. Good, okay. But the other thing is this. There are different social media where young folks are constantly using vulgar language. Every word is the F word. And that's yeah. part of their culture. And that's it's part not... of the culture and it's part of the of the media. Because in social yeah. media people talk like that. Using vulgar language, using informal mm-hmm. contractions. It's like you are yeah. 
talking with someone. So it would be well, inappropriate if there's a yes. text in social media that it's so polite and uses all grammatical correctness. That would be unsuitable for the the, the place where it would appear. Well, if you notice at any time there's a police arresting somebody, 99% of it, well, let me back up a little bit. I don't know. Maybe it's 80, 90% of the time when there's a, a violent um, arrest, the police themselves use vulgarity. And I don't know why. Yes. I don't understand why they have to do that. Have yeah, you ever sure. come across anything like that? I never thought about that before, but yes, you are making me know. Of course, you can say the same thing in a polite way. <laughs> yes, exactly. But I guess when the, again, it comes back to emotions, when the police is under a lot of heavy, heavy, heavy dose of, of uh, emotions, they use oh, well, leather, I... they let the leathers out. Ooh, can't get my words out. Yes, I think it's a question out. of showing their authority. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. I think it, it might be something like that. Well, with authority would be with respect. And uh, yeah. authority. Yeah, like I'm the boss and I can talk to you as I wish. I don't know. I yeah. think it would be something like that. Okay. Okay, well, this is fantastic. I I appreciate you being here with us. I know you're sharp passing on information to our audience, our authors. Authors, take advantage of this opportunity because this is a mini seminar. Who knows, maybe down the line we'll do some seminars for you too. And I would uh, invite you to come to a seminar based by Virginia Castro, right, Virginia? Right. Yes, yes. Well, I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad if, if the information we are sharing, uh, it's, it results useful to, to authors, of course. That's the objective. Definitely. So do you have anything in particular for next time to listen now? Well, I'm, I don't know. I haven't thought about that yet. If, if, our, if our audience... Uh, wants to suggest any topic, we'll be glad to develop it in the, in the next program. Well, I have one to get you started. What about a child's book? How do you translate a child's book and use a funny language that you have to use for children? So maybe that could be a topic for next week, next time we come back. Yes, I like it. I like it. I, I like very much uh, children literature. And, okay. well, the the most important thing would be to try to to place yourself in the in the head of of the of the child you have to to know which which age do they have and try to use vocabulary that they will understand because it's pointless if you start using language that's so difficult for them they will just get yes. bored and and drop the book mm-hmm. yes and another topic is Christian authors. They are somehow in the background, but they have, there's a lot of Christian authors who speak very proper, at least they speak in the language of the Bible, 
in some of that language of the Bible is the uh, second. Yes. Uh, uh, James King, King James. Who are you? Getting backwards. King James. And the King James language is from the Middle Ages. So yes, of maybe course. Maybe the topic, important. topic would be later on Christianity well, or the biblical terms. Well, I dare to say it's, it's as, as important as using, I don't know, scientific language because you have to, to be very careful. You're talking about religion and you have yes. to be very respectful about that because you can offend people. So it, it, I think it would involve a lot of investigation. I, I never translated a Christian book, but I think it would, it would need a lot of investigation to, to use the right vocabulary. Okay, okay. And also there may be Christians who may write a book, but it's not a Christian book. It's about a, a uh, neuter book, a neuter topic, something else. Like, for example, uh, the dinosaurs. Am I write an article about dinosaurs or superheroes yes. or something like that? has nothing to do with Christianity, but nevertheless, they would write properly. So of course, some topics I'm, I'm throwing out that maybe we could look into next week or the week after. Well, Tommy, it's very interesting. Maybe, I'm maybe I taking down notes because there there okay. are so they are all interesting topics that we can develop in future programs. Okay. Okay. So audience, you hear that? Our guest is willing to come up with a topic that be of interest to you. More meaningful would be for you to give us some input, some suggestions. Pass your questions, pass your comments on. If you don't have a chance to listen to us while we are on the air, you can always listen to our our um, delay, my delay, our recorded version. And you yes, can always leave a comment here. Leave your comment, and we can pick up your comment. Virginia will look into the comments, and I'll look at the comments. And whatever we see, we'll put that in our topic. Of course, Virginia, we are open to, to suggestions uh, to, to yes. pick a topic that, that would, would appeal our audience, of course. Good. Good. Okay, audience, you hear that? We're here to help you. Our audience is primarily authors. Young authors, older authors, senior authors, young authors, Christian authors, children authors. You get my drift? There's an expression there for you, Virginia. You get my drift? <laughs> yes. You got my drift, huh? <laughs> okay, I'm having fun with this. Yeah, we have our drift. Going down the river, having our drift. Things are working. Okay, my yes. dear friend. Anything else you want to add? No, no, it's okay. Do you want to to ask something else? I don't know. No, we could wrap it up. We could wrap it up right now and call it a quit. We want to thank you for coming in and being with us. We do apologize for the little delay in getting in, but those things the technology do get behind. Nevertheless, uh, hang on the line. I'll get back to you in a minute. Don't hang up yet. I'll close okay. off the uh, show. Thank you. Okay, boys and girls, men and women, ladies, gentlemen, we are here to help you. 
being on your tippy toes, make sure you write this number down, 515-605-9812, and keep that number and call us, or better yet, go to our website and look at, listen to the uh, recorded versions, and if you have any comments, leave your comments there for us. We will fill our comments with answers. I may not have the answers, but our guests, our translator, would translate for you what the answer would be. <laughs> yes, and if we don't have the answer, we, we look for it. <laughs> we look for it. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. Folks, we call it day, night, afternoon, whatever you want to call it. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, Virginia, for coming in. Thank you, Audrey. Thank you, audience, for listening. We thank you. We thank you. We call it quits for now. So long, Virginia. Thanks again. Thanks again for inviting me, Etienne. I'm glad of being here. And I remind you, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook as Linguistic Bridges. Or you can look for my LinkedIn profile, Virginia Castro. Wait, 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 wait. Listen, I do have to apologize to you. I meant to say that earlier. I mentioned our phone number, but let's go ahead and have your website. Are you on Facebook, Colton? Yes, it's on Facebook and Instagram as Linguistic Bridges. Okay, slowly. One more time. Slowly, please. You can find it as Linguistic Bridges. Say it again. Translation Bridges. Yes, it just appears like that, Linguistic Bridges. Okay. Now, is that the website or is that the Facebook? No, it's the Facebook and the Instagram. Um, the webpage is linguisticbridges.webly.com. Okay. One more time, please. It's linguisticbridges.webly.com. Dot com. That's right. Okay. All right. Good. Thank you very much. We will uh, have to put that down on our description. I'll, I'll put that in. Thank you very much. Hang on, Neil. Well, I'll come back to you. One thank okay. you. And we'll be back okay. in two weeks or so. Two weeks from now, yes. Okay. Hang in there. I'll call you right back.